0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections.
1: Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Today's guest spent two decades with 10th Avenue North. In fact, he was the founding member and the lead singer. We're joined today by Mike Donaghy. He's now switched gears. He is a solo artist. He's also a podcaster and an author these days. Today on Connections, we're going to hear what it was like to wrap up his band, 10th Avenue North, what it was like to make that switch into his solo career. We're also going to hear about his two new EPs that he recently released. We're going to hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Mike Donahue. He is the former lead singer of 10th Avenue North. He's now a solo artist, an author, and a podcaster. You are a busy man. Let's start right there, though. Uh, 2020 was um, quite the year for you with plenty of changes. That's when, obviously, COVID-19 hit. And um, 10th Avenue North came to an end and you decided to take on this solo career. Tell us a little bit about 2020, because in there as well, you also managed to contract COVID-19. So 2020 was chaotic.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everyone feels a bit beat up by 2020. Uh, Felt like a a long joke that just never gave up uh, (laughs) for us. Yeah. Right. And the crazy part is right before the pandemic, my, my bandmates, I came to them and said, Hey, I've never taken a season off in 15 years. I've never taken like a summer off or a spring off or a fall off or, you know, it's just, we've just, I say to people, 10th Avenue North was always successful enough to keep going and never successful enough to take a break. Um, And I said, I just need a season off. And they all went, oh, actually, it was like they were all just waiting for me to say that. And <laughs> so uh, they go, actually, my, my bass player is going into real estate full time. My guitar player wanted to move to Florida and just do film and TV music. And I mean, it was just kind of nuts. So we go, oh, so this tour we're about to do, it's like our farewell tour, I guess. Because uh, I could have I kept going as 10th Avenue North, like hired all new people, And because I'm the voice and the face that people associate with it, I could have said, oh, yeah, it's still 10th Avenue North. But that felt um, disingenuous, right? It -hmm. it didn't feel like a band anymore if all my bandmates were quitting. So we decided to do a farewell tour. And it was going awesome for the six shows that we did. Uh, And then the pandemic shut it down. And so then all of a sudden I found myself, oh, my band's over and the world's over and I'm just here now. And uh, yeah. And then um, we did one family trip and uh, we were at the beach with another family. And my buddy, uh, he was a counselor and he was still practicing and he ended up getting COVID. And then we all ended up getting COVID. And uh, and then the way I, I told people we we kind of got covid the worst possible way where uh my daughter got it first and then 10 days later i got it and then 9 days later my other daughter got it and then like 10 days later my wife got it so we were we ended up having to quarantine for 6 weeks or something like that wow and so we just like man we kind of wished because we all ended up getting it we kind of wish we just had our daughter like lick our faces when she first got it <laughs> um, obviously you're trying not to get it right so uh anyway yeah and in the midst of that sorry i'm answer it's a big question you asked so i'm just <laughs> i'm just kind of rattling along here um i was really wrestling with should i even keep doing music now my band's all ended the world's ended music, it doesn't look like a good occupation going forward for the foreseeable near future. And uh, the, a funny thing happened. I, uh, I've been putting it off for years, but I bought a, like a little home studio setup. Uh, Cause I just felt like I needed to write songs for my own sanity, you know, being locked down and locked up. And I started writing songs as like a personal form of therapy during the pandemic and i ended up writing more songs this past year than i've ever written in a year uh probably over a hundred i guess and i'm not saying they're any good i'm just saying i wrote a lot um but i just i just realized oh no i can't help but write songs so i'm gonna keep doing that and uh so i decided to continue as myself now like Donny, as as opposed to Tenth Avenue North,
1: and your fans are absolutely backing you. you. Started up a Kickstarter campaign, and within what was it a few hours, um, everything was fulfilled.
0: That was wild because <laughs> I'd been I was really resistant to the Kickstarter thing because I felt like it was begging, and I have a couple independent artist friends who went, no, 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 you don't understand. What you do is you give awesome incentives. So then people just feel like they're buying your record in advance or they're, you know, getting like a zoom concert or whatever, just make awesome incentives. And then everyone feels like they're getting something awesome. And they said, people want to be involved. They want to feel like they're part of it. And uh, so I did it very kind of reluctantly and hesitantly going, Oh, wouldn't it be the biggest bummer if I didn't even make it the goal? And uh, I I threw the thing out and yeah, it was 12 hours later. I get a phone call from a buddy of mine who's a writer and uh, we had written a song together recently actually. And he goes, Hey buddy, look at your total. And I look at the total and he goes, now refresh it. And he like was sitting there waiting with his family till it was like right at the number. And then he gave the last like couple hundred bucks uh, to put me over the goal in 12 hours. So it's pretty awesome.
1: How amazing does that feel to know that your fans back you and support you like that?
0: So here's something a lot of artists I don't think are honest enough to tell you, but it's been my experience that every artist I know at least, and maybe I'm projecting my own insecurities upon them, but it seems like we're all asking the same question, which is, is my best behind me? you know, Mm -hmm. and people go, Oh, absolutely not. I love that song. I go, right. You love that song. It doesn't mean you're going to love the songs I, I write next. And it's easy to feel like, uh, you know, well, maybe that was the most successful thing I ever did or made. And now it's all downhill. And so for me, kind of wrestling with, man, my band all quit. What's, what's the point. And then to have all these people say, no, we still want you to make music uh, man, it was a huge shot in the arm.
1: So your first EP that you released was work of art. And then shortly thereafter you managed to release your second one or father and the two sons.
0: Yeah. The, the EPs I kind of just released as a thank you. Um, cause the Kickstarter was for a full length sort of pop album that I'm doing, um, with this marketing company called fair trade and the way their deal is set up is the artists pay for the recordings and then they pay for the marketing and you kind of do a joint venture as opposed to a traditional record deal is the record company. They give you all the money up front to record it and market it, but then you kind of don't ever make any money off the music they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is more of like a joint venture, which is why I, I did the Kickstarter and I went, man, I have all these songs, you know, I'd written a hundred songs. I go, I have all these songs that I don't think are going to work for like more of the mainstream pop sound. They're kind of more like my indie kind of just some different sonic things that I was excited about. And I went, I think this is a great chance because everyone blew past my Kickstarter goal. I'll just release these EPs as like a thank you to them. Like, Hey, thank you. Here's extra music that you Didn't even expect. And so I put out two EPs just basically as bonuses to say thank you for all the people who backed the Kickstarter.
1: And both of those EPs are fantastic. They're very intimate.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I love them. Um, Like the the radio doesn't really like them typically, but uh, (laughs) it's kind of just my chance to explore the space sonically. And uh, at being a solo artist now, I can kind of go, well, I just... There's this thing where a lot of record companies and, you know, the strategy is you just got to release hits. And if it's not a hit, don't release music. And um, I'm kind of in like the other train of thought where I just want to release everything and just kind of like let you let other people sift through what they like and don't like, you know?
1: Tell us a little bit about A Father and Two Sons and um, the meaning behind that and the story behind it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, sonically, I was just writing with my buddy Thomas. He's in a band called Land of Color, uh, and they, they're they f- phenomenal. Uh, and we both just love sort of like 60s rock kind of stuff. And we found ourselves just for fun. I'd written this one little ditty, and we worked on it together. And he's like, dude, I'd love to produce this. And so we are just having fun probably thinking we'll release this for film and tv or something and uh and then i like took a step back and i was reading through the what's known as the prodigal son story and we had these three songs and and i went oh my goodness look what we've done because i was reading the prodigal son story and you know what's so interesting to me is jesus doesn't introduce that parable as let me tell you a story about a prodigal son. He says that the Pharisees are grumbling that he forgives sinners. Right. And he says, okay, let me tell you a story about a father and two sons is what he says. So, you know, in your Bible, it might have a little title, the prodigal son, but Jesus entitles it a father and two sons. And so I had to rework some lyrics here and there, but, uh, I thought it'd be super fun to release three songs that are from each one of those people's perspectives in the story. So the first song is from the father's perspective. Second song is from the prodigal son's perspective. And the third song is from the older brother's perspective.
1: And so far since releasing this EP, what has been the response from those who've had the opportunity to listen to it?
0: Yeah. You know, kind of what I expected people go, Oh, I was not expecting that sound. That is totally different. And, uh, but I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, yeah, so it's been cool. You know, I haven't really put any marketing dollars or anything behind it really. So, you know, I'm not, I guess I'm not expecting to make like a huge splash on the cover of Rolling Stone or anything, but I'm excited for the people who are finding it.
1: Well, it's definitely out there. Um, And what I love about it too, it's perfect um, for the season that we're going through currently.
0: Mm, How's it? How do you mean?
1: We're in a weird time. It's it's change. It's changing what we're typically used to again. (laughs) You
0: know, know, it's funny. I released those thinking, oh, I should strategically just release singles. Um, You know, if you're in the music, following music industry, like, uh there's a guy named what's his name louis capaldi is that his name louis louis capaldi um and he was like the first artist in the uk to headline an arena tour and having never even released a whole album he had released i think six singles or something like that so that's where a lot of people are like just release hit after hit after hit but then you have taylor swift goes ah, here's a whole album and you know what? here's a whole nother album and then um, I just saw Switchfoot switch foot just uh, to their fan said, Hey, you can download 150 unreleased songs that we've written over the years. You know? So I think artists are going, everyone's still stuck at home. So let's just give them all the music to kind of listen to.
1: So your next step is now the full album that's coming up. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so these e. EP- P's I wrote to move people, and the album I wrote to make people move.
1: Mm. Yes, I <laughs> like gonna, it. <laughs> it's going to be a
0: little more, uh, a little more exciting, uh, a little bit more. Uh, if you ever saw the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, I'm going for that sort of uh, cinematic landscape. And yet, man, I just wrote the song that is kind of it is just pop bliss and i've never had this happen but uh the guys at fair trade they called me after i wrote it and i wrote it with a guy named micah kuiper who he used to be in a band called hawk nelson canadian band and um and we just got together just for fun and micah just had uh produced the new toby Mac single that had come out and that was doing really well i was like dude that's so great for you let's just have fun let's just write something super fun and For the first time in my career, you know, fair trade. They call me up and they go, "This is a smash hit." So I don't want to. I don't want to get people too excited, but you know, I've got music industry folk who are super excited, so I'm super excited. So we'll see what happens.
1: When can we expect to hear anything from that album?
0: (laughs) Yes, we will have uh, a single out probably in June. So, you know, this time we're going to do all the marketing, try to get all the PR, tell all the world about it, and uh, we'll see what happens.
1: What has it been like to be home? Like you said, you went 15 years with 10th Avenue North with really no opportunity to really take a break. What's it been like to be home and be around your family for as long as you have now?
0: It is incredibly beautiful and boring and exciting and frustrating uh i think for the first 3 months it was kind of beautiful just oh we can just relax there's no pressure to do anything or be anywhere we're making dinner as a family every night and we made this little after dinner playlist where we all clean up the dishes and then I'd say probably about the six month mark, I started going, okay, I would, I, I am not doing the one thing I feel like I'm really good at, you know what I mean? So it's this weird uh, conundrum of absolutely blessed to be home with my daughters. Um, and And it's really shifted my perspective of Wow, I'm never gonna go back to touring the way that I was. Um, even even some people are starting to talk to us about tours and stuff, and I'm committing with my wife to to try to never do like every weekend I'm gone. But I would I would go. I'm gonna do a weekend and then take off the next weekend, and then do a weekend and take off the next weekend. So it's kind of awoken my eyes to. Um just how much more important my just being at home doing nothing really is, especially for my daughters, you know. Um yeah.
1: I love the videos that you post regularly of your daughters and yourself just singing songs. It's awesome.
0: Dude, they are I, I mean, I <laughs> guess they come to it, you know, naturally, the uh they they are always singing and they're not really good at all yet, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was a late bloomer. I didn't start playing music. So I was a senior in high school. So I, I gave them a lot of grace. And, uh, my, my oldest daughter came to me with this song idea and we started demoing it in my little demo studio. And she's like, you know, she, she like is telling all her friends like, yeah, I have this total like pop song, like hit song. It's amazing. You know? And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fun, man. Like sitting and teaching my daughter, my, my oldest daughter really wanted to start learning to play guitar. And so she learns by your side, which was kind of our first big, huge song for 10th Avenue North. Yes. And uh, I'm sitting there watching her play it and she finally gets it just perfect. And I'm just sitting there just crying on the couch. Uh, <laughs> so it was pretty awesome.
1: So not only are you busy with your music, you're busy with your family. You've got a podcast. Tell us a little bit about the podcast and also um, about your writing.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm actually just, I just started working on a second book uh, yesterday. I just signed another book deal. I put out a book a couple of years ago called Finding God's Life for My Will. See what I did there? Um, (laughs) Which is, it's, it's less about trying to extrapolate a plan from God and just letting him change you. It's kind of the, the, the impetus of the book. Uh, and the podcast, I just said a bunch of people are always going, you need to do a podcast. You need to do a podcast. And, um, I'm really kind of obsessed with looking for God in the places we don't think he is. Uh, we, we are, we're very in the West. We're very, um, duplistic. We're very, uh, like, it's either this or that, right? It's either good or it's bad. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either, uh, you know, sad or it's happy. And even just take Easter, we've just had Easter. Right. Mm -hmm. And we want to go, we want to look at Easter and go, it's victory. It's resurrection. Yes. It's also death. So even the Easter story is telling us, Hey, a lot of you are going to experience the Saturday in between where you've experienced death and you're waiting on resurrection. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of you are living in resurrection. Some of you are living in the crucifixion. Right. And so, um, my, my podcast is kind of trying to look at things. It's called chasing the beauty and it's, um, looking for God and the unexpected. Right. So just kind of looking at some stories or some places, uh, Like one of my buddies, he had a stroke at 40 and just rocked his world. And so the, that podcast called at the stroke of midlife and just how that horrible thing actually reoriented him and changed what he's doing now and just kind of completely shifted his whole world. And it was hard and tragic um, but looking for the beauty in it and not like blind, naive optimism, but actually more of like holding the tension. That's a big phrase for me right now is uh, it's so fascinating. You know, you read scripture and there's always these tensions between two truths just throughout scripture, right? Like God's mm-hmm. sovereign man is responsible. Jesus is God. Jesus is man. Um, but I, I mean, I could go on and on and there's all these tensions and, we want to simplify them into either or and um, holding the tension of two truths uh, is not something that we do very well, but to quote the brilliant philosophy of Pixar's movie inside out, there's this phenomenal scene. I don't want to ruin it for you, but I'm going (laughs) to, you know, the, the different emotions are, are given personality and, you know, characters and, uh, Sadness comforts the girl Riley and like makes her happy. And joy is going, How did you do that? That doesn't make sense. You have to make her feel happy to make her feel happy. And sadness goes, Sometimes people just need you to sit and be sad with them to be happy. And uh, so, just that sort of like sort of simple thought, it's kind of profound.
1: For people who want to learn more about you, they want to learn about your music, how they can support you, or if they want to take a listen to your podcast, how can they go about doing all of that?
0: It's, you know, if you don't know what to do at this point in the technological (laughs) age, I don't know if I can help you, but if you just search Mike Donahue in the Googles, you'll find mikedonahue.com, probably find my Instagram page. Uh, I have a website, which I already referenced, you know, all the usual things, all the usual places I'm on the Spotify's on the apples, I'm on the Amazons, you know, wherever you listen to music, uh, and my podcast. Yeah. Just, just, just do a little search, go to Mike That's really, that's really the answer I'm trying to give you.
1: And I'm going to end with one 10th Avenue North question. What was your favorite part of being a part of 10th Avenue North?
0: Oh, are you kidding me? That's, it is the thing. I mean, hearing people reading people's stories of just like, I just got this story about this guy and his wife is like the CEO of country music television or something. And, and this guy like doesn't believe in Jesus just has never had an encounter with the Holy spirit. And, and, started this like long faith journey, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, a friend of mine who's an A&R at a company, he sends me this email and basically this guy who's like almost 70 falls down weeping while he's cooking dinner and has this encounter with the Holy Spirit because our song came on the radio. And just that of like, man, I'm writing these songs in a room just dealing with my own, Junk, And then somehow there's this divine work where uh, the spirit of God takes that song and brings about freedom, forgiveness, breakthrough, humility, you know, does that in people. And then when I get to read about that or see that happening when you're playing a show, I mean, that's just the best.
1: That's got to be quite the experience. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to that new album and we look forward to getting up and dancing to that.
0: It's going to be a party.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Get your
0: dancing shoes on. Come on now.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank
1: you. And thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.